Hi everyone, Ricky Martin here. This is the Recruiter Ricky podcast and I have the absolute honour of welcoming a guest that I've followed for a very long time, never met until today, but it is the chairman of the Reed Group, James Reed. Thanks for joining us, James. Hello, Ricky. No, it's a real pleasure um, to be here. It's been... Why haven't we spoken? That's the first thing. Why have we never had a conversation before? I don't know. <laughs> I really You've don't been know. avoiding me. You've <laughs> been avoiding me. It must be that. Yeah, I saw that you were described as Jon Snow on Game of Thrones, but I was Ned Stark. <laughs> yeah. So I'm living, yeah, different generation. Which, well, if we look at it like that, um, I, I would rather Jon Snow's ending than Ned Stark's, possibly. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. The Starks but... ended up taking over the whole show. Didn't That's they? true. That's yeah. true. There'll be a spin off yeah. one day. Um, but no, I've followed a lot of your content all the time, and we had a chat before here, but one thing. I've loved about everything you've done is you've got such a together culture within your business and it's great to see you traveling from office to office celebrating the offices and the culture and being really hands-on and visible so that for me and I'll say this nicely is a very aspirational thing to look to and I think what will be great to find out from you today is a bit about your story so how you've got to where you are today and then hopefully finding out some questions about how we can help people get equipped even better than the books you've published um, helping people to get jobs so can you just talk me through in a way your career and how you got here today sure well Reed is a family business mm. um, so I grew up in a recruitment business literally people say people don't choose to be recruited yeah. well I really didn't I grew up in in a family business and did you have a choice uh, well I, I did ultimately <laughs> but I, you know you, you don't have a choice who your parents are do you? yeah, so, it's true. so I, I grew up in a household which was all about recruitment and it, you know a perm in the 1960s in our house was not a hairdo, it was a permanent placement. <laughs> so, so you know, I, I, I've been imbued with it, I suppose. Mm. But the, the thing that I always, that I particularly love about recruitment is it's all about people and it's about changing people's lives. And I found that very motivational right from the very beginning, really. And seeing my father go to work and I used to go with him and seeing his enthusiasm for that, um, that was infectious. And your father started the business in 1960? Yeah, my father, um, Alec Reed started in Hounslow in 1960 with £75. Pounds. And we're almost um, at the 60th year? Yeah, that's May the 7th next year. So he started on a Saturday, interestingly, a Saturday morning. He well, that's unusual because a lot of recruiters, other than variations to some markets, is a Monday to Friday role. Is that just the pure dedication to get it going? Well, I think in the 60s, people worked on Saturdays okay. as well. Yeah. <laughs> so the, you know, the, probably the working week has changed. But um, uh, the 7th of May next year is our 60th birthday, and we're going to be celebrating that. And my father, Alec Reed, is still alive and well and very engaged with the business. And he's 85 years old and still recruiting. So if we asked your father the question, how impressed with what you've done with the business since you've become the chairman and you've taken it forward, do you think he would be, would he be telling you he could have done it better now or would he be as impressed as I am? Uh, he's, he's, he's quite a tough taskmaster. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll ask him. I think he has been kind enough to say he's pleased that it's grown and pro mm. you know, progressed as a family company. He's... He's keen that the company should continue as a family company. Longevity is what of we're course. about. And, you know, we have a very simple purpose at Reed. It's four words, improving lives through work. And, you know, that's what we're about. And, and, and as we grow, we, our strategy is also very simple. It's to grow organically. Yeah. So we don't acquire other companies and we grow organically. And I say to people, there are only two ways you can grow organically. By giving good service so people recommend you. Of course. And coming up with new ideas and innovations. And that's, that's what we seek to do. So as long as we're doing those things, yep. I hope he'll be a, a happy shareholder. Well, if we consider how different recruitment is today compared to maybe in 1960 when Reed was founded, and um, I think what I've loved is how when I've always watched Reed embrace 
the market as it is now. You've had a lot of your advertising campaigns talking about Love Mondays. I think it was a great, great way to get people inspired by the workforce. Um, I believe, I might have this wrong, and if I have it wrong, um, you can correct me, but I believe an advertising campaign, which is almost a swipe right campaign to get people to be applying to jobs through your platform. Would that be right? Yeah, well, that's our recruiter app. Which is the recruiter so, app. So the, you know, our app, on uh, you swipe right if you like the job. Which is a great twist on the whole social media and the dating. And so I'm told. I've never <laughs> used Tinder. <laughs> I've been married for almost 30 years. But people like that. And our app is actually the best rated app on, on the App Store for recruitment. Well, so it, it's a simple, easy to use and, and, and functional app. But I think what's really good about that. So I've been married for what almost a decade myself. So the, the mm. whole dating world these days is alien to me. But... Um, when I saw that, I, I speak quite a lot on how recruitment or an interview process is very much like dating. And these days, you start with applying to a job through an app. Or, or sorry, you start applying for a date for an app, as you do with the job. So the swipe right was a great twist on it. But I think one thing just to, to let everyone know that's listening is, for those, most people in the recruitment sector will know Reed, and those that are outside of that, I think most of you will know Reed. But if you don't, I think put it in context, Reed is the largest, is the largest global family-owned recruitment brand. We're not just talking about a small firm with a couple of, we're talking about a multinational business that have a heritage of 60 years. And I think what would be great to understand more is more about what Reed do. What are, the, what are the core markets? I know we've discussed the vision, which is improving life through work. Um, and interestingly, for people to know, when I first emailed you and spoke to you about today, the first thing you said to me is, if we can feed into improving life through work, I'd like to have the conversation. And what's great is your vision is actually a lived vision. It's not just a statement. It's a real thing. So tell us more about Reed, just so everyone has the context. Well, Reed began, as I mentioned, in Hounslow as a, a, a single recruitment office with one person working in it. Uh, and um, it grew from there through specialization, really. So we, we, we were the first recruitment company really to specialize. So yeah. starting an accountancy specialism, or as it was called then, a computing specialism. Um, so we, we, we became specialist recruiters very early on. And also we started doing temporary and contract work quite early on. And, and those, two, those two key building blocks are still really the basis of our business, you know, specialist recruitment and temporary and contract business. Um, but since then, we've also developed online. Yeah. So we were the first recruitment agency to have a website in the UK, and it's read.co.uk, which started back in 1995. And I remember uh, one of my colleagues coming into my office and saying he had an idea, and I said, Sean, you know, what is it? I'm all, if, if anyone wants my attention, it's, I've got an idea, yeah. uh, and I want to know what it is. And he said, I think we should have a website. And I remember saying, what's that? And, and if, you can th if you think about it, trying to describe a website to someone who doesn't know what it is, it's actually quite a difficult thing to do. I mean, we all know what they are now. Of course. It's like saying to someone, imagine life without the internet now. Yeah. It's and like so the it was that. And he did a pretty good job. And, and, and so we thought, we have a saying in Reed, you know, if the bus looks like it's going somewhere interesting, we want to be on it. Yeah. I mean, the joke is sometimes you end up walking home, but, you know, we, so we thought that this uh, website idea sounded interesting. So we just started in a small way. Um, and then I went back to my business school reunion in America in 1995 in the spring, and 20% of my classmates were doing jobs that didn't exist five okay. years before, all involving the internet. So I thought, this is going to be big. So we sort of invested in that and grew that, and it's now you know, the biggest uh, 
job site in the UK. And I believe it has over 50 million registrations every year, which is an astronomical amount of people. Well, that, yeah, applications coming through. Yeah. There we go, that. And, and we've got a database of 17 million UK-based workers. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's, a, it's a huge engine for people looking for work and people looking for people. I mean, the principle being a crowd attracts a of crowd. Course. So that's developed over time, and you know, members of the team had good ideas to grow that. So we have an online recruitment business um, as well, and we and a lot of our customers are other recruiters. Yeah. So we want to help other recruiters find talent. Well, good news is I'm one of those customers. I'm in the room, and we are licensed, and we work with read.co.uk. So um, well, I'm pleased to hear that. <laughs> Otherwise, I think I'd have got a sales pitch at the end, maybe. I hope we can help you. I hope we are helping you, and I hope we can continue to. Yeah. But I, I like to think of us as the recruiter's recruiter, because a lot of other people in, in the space uh, uh, come from different backgrounds. And they talk about disintermediating recruiters yeah. and putting us out of business and uh, or less pleasant things. Uh, and um, we don't want to do that at all. We want to help recruiters be successful. So I'd like Reed to be the recruiter's recruiter. Good. And I think it's a great term. I'm going to close this podcast at the end of today on the recruiter's recruiter, which is James Reed and Reed.co.uk, all in the same all in the same sentence. So to get to where you are with the business and to grow the company hasn't been an easy feat for, for, throughout your career. Um, but to do so, as any recruiter know, you can't do that without exceptional talent around you and great people. Businesses are built on the foundation of people. Um, how have you found the hiring of staff to work for you? Because as a recruiter, hiring for other people is one thing, but hiring for your own business business to build your own company is a very different kettle of fish. Talk to me about how you found hiring for yourself. Yeah, I've always said to people in our business, it doesn't matter where the office is, what matters is who's in it. Mm. And so, you know, the, and I always say to our managers, the mo your most important job is picking the team. You know, that's what you've got to do and that's what you've got to get right. And I've observed that some people are much better than others at picking people yeah. and, and developing people. And I really try and give them a, more opportunity to do that. But one of the best things we did years and years ago was start a graduate scheme. And we just take you know, young, raw graduates, quite a lot of them, like young racehorses. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and um, we put them through a three-year program. And you know, those individuals, you know, they're now running our business. You know, so the people who came through that program 20 years ago yeah. are now running the business. So lots have left, lots have gone on to do other things. That's fine. But enough have come up and come through and learned that way. So I suppose we look for raw material in that sense. You know, real people who have lots of energy, who are bright, who are talented and determined to sort of progress and succeed and want to learn. That's what I look for. And I think, I guess using that as an example, it's exactly the model that I do within my firm it is you've got a culture, you've set a culture, you've got great people, and you either bring someone in with different cultures and nine times out of ten re-engineer them to recruit the way that you recruit, or you bring in the character that you want and you show them the way. And for us, it's worked, but to know that you're doing that 60 people a year is fantastic. And uh, we discussed it before the podcast, so you also have a business school within Reed, which helps the further development of those graduates. Can you tell us a bit more about the business school? Yeah, well, we have a business school which is in a village called Little Compton just outside Oxford. Mm. It's, a, it's a country house, a manor house, and people in Reed love going there. Yeah. Um, and we, we do a lot of our induction programs there, management development programs there, our graduate training schemes run from there. And, and, and it creates a sort of collegiate spirit about the company. People, you know, bump into each other years yeah. later and remember that they were on a course. You're creating the alumni that universities give them within Reed. Yeah, and, and, and it's one of the, the things that, you know, people particularly like about the company, that we invest a lot in them and in their training and learning and development. 
And, and I think that's really important because I think we've all got to continue to learn and develop. And, and I think it's important that the company leads the way on that. And I assume as a business with a heritage like <laughs> yours, it can be one, either very easy to say, this is how we've always done it, or two, embrace people coming in, train the graduates and bring the new ideas through the company. How, how are you finding bringing in the new blood and the new thought process? Yeah, no, there? well, I, I, I'm always nervous when I hear someone <laughs> say, this is how we've always done it, because I think that's usually problematic. Agree, <laughs> so absolutely I, I, agree. I like to change things and improve things. So my starting point is, you know, if, you, if, you, if, if you're beginning to feel sort of um, secure or safe in a situation, then that's when you should feel most unsafe, mm, because yeah. you need to keep changing and growing and improving. So... I, I, I'm, I think, I mean, you, you asked the question or it was in, in the notes about what is an entrepreneur. Correct, yeah. Uh, and, and I think a, an entrepreneur has a sort of permanent state of dissatisfaction. I like it. <laughs> and, and an entrepreneur is always looking to see how things can be improved or how problems can be solved. Uh, and, and I think if you bring an entrepreneurial mindset to whatever it is you're doing, um, you're not going to do it the same way You've always done it. And how, how can you unlock that? Because I, I do agree. I think finding, I almost use the term intrapreneurs, finding intrapreneurs that want to work for you and be on the journey with you, but can be independent and self-start enough to come up with those ideas and challenge the status quo. How do you encourage the entrepreneurial spirit within the Reed workforce? Well, we have a scheme called Reed Think. Okay. And we invite people to submit their ideas and suggestions. And we review all the ideas and suggestions and the best ones get progressed, and they also get paid out. So the biggest amount of money we've paid is £100,000 for an idea. 100000 to one idea. And, and it was worth it. Is, it the, idea in, is the idea in the marketplace now with a commercial <laughs> well, it's value? Kind, it kind of is, because the idea was back in you know, 2000, 1999, and it was to let anyone, anyone advertise their jobs on our website for free. Okay. And... I was shocked by this idea, and I told the person who had the idea to get out of my office. My father was shocked <laughs> by the idea, but to his credit, this guy, Paul Rappacholi, was very persistent. Yeah. And, and he said, it's a good idea, because if we do that, everyone will use read.co.uk. And um, in the end, he persuaded us of the merits of the idea, and we suddenly realized it was, in fact, a brilliant idea, and we let everyone use our website for free, and that's how it, how it sort of took off, because... Uh, we became the destination for people who wanted to look for people, who wanted to look for um, Ultimately, you had the jobs. talent pool to help people. And yeah, the yeah. So, it's sort of, so we called it free recruitment, and suddenly our website went from having 40,000 jobs on it to 300,000 okay. jobs on it, and it became the destination for anyone looking for work. And that was a brilliant idea. And, that, and so that's why now you know, re recruit, other recruiters are, are our customers. So what I particularly liked about the idea, and I haven't, hadn't really thought about it in this way or realised it until many years afterwards, is it turned our competitors into customers. Absolutely. And, um, and that's how we became the recruiter's recruiter in a way. Well, I was typical. When I came into recruitment, I, I remember having a conversation with ex-employers saying, look, where do we need to be advertising to actually attract the best talent for what I did at the time purely was science recruitment? And the suggestion I made, well, what about read.co.uk at mm. conflict that read also had a scientific brand I was like oh well is there going to be a conflict am I going to be advertising creating talent and it goes into another part of their company completely the pessimistic wrong view to have because that's completely siloed and independent but um, I do agree where I saw it as competition to start with actually I was liberated to see it's a really good talent pool to help me yeah and we totally respect the, the, the confidentiality of yeah. applications and candidates and we have to do that and it's the right thing to do but the interesting thing is, even when we were giving it away free, a lot of people were nervous to start with. Of course. And it was a sort of get-to-know-you process. 
and, uh, and then they started to use it. And it's interesting because then I went around the top 10 users and said, it's costing us 2 million a year to run this website. Well, you can contribute, you know, 10%. What did they say? <laughs> All 10 said no. <laughs> so, so I decided to charge everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's when we start, <laughs> so that's when we started doing the charging. Yeah. And, um, and, and people were happy to pay for it because yeah. I know because we use it that we get a 13,000% ROI on the website. Mm. So the amount of money that our recruitment business has to pay read online, they're separate companies, yeah. um, is more than paid back. So I know that it's really useful and valuable to the recruiters who use it, and we want to make it more valuable and more useful and keep improving it. I think what's everything that you shared, what's great to see is that you've grown a recruitment company, understand what recruiters need. You've created a tech within the recruitment space to attract other recruiters from competition to clients. And I think all this wealth of knowledge is put in a position now where you've published three best-selling books, um, all different books to help people arm themselves with writing a CV interview and ultimately finding a job. Do you want me to talk me through the books and kind of how we've been able yeah. to help people with them? Well, I, I've become aware that, you know, that we have a lot of knowledge and information mm. as recruiters that we've built up. And I, and I wanted to sh sort of make it more widely available to help people who are preparing to apply for jobs or going for job interviews to give the best of themselves. You know, people will say, oh, well, I wasn't well prepared or I didn't know how to prepare. And that's their chief anxiety. So yeah. I thought, let's put our best thinking into these, these books. And, and, and the other thing we thought is let's use our network. Let's really, let's really get help to do this, and I think asking for help is an important thing generally. Yeah. So we asked our clients, for instance, the first one was the interview book. We asked our clients- Which was why you. Yeah, why you, 101 interview questions you'll never fear again. And we asked our clients, what's your favorite interview question? We've got you know, thousands of employers who are interviewing all the time. What's your favorite interview question? And we got hundreds and hundreds of questions back, and we put the most common and the most interesting yeah. in the book. So they're real interview questions being asked by real interviewers right now, which is why it continues to be a bestseller. And, and um, I loved it. I, it was so interesting. So the most common interview question, which is the first question in the book, is tell me about yourself. Tell me about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a big open field. And it's, um, if you haven't prepared it, it's a difficult question. Tough one. So, you know, so getting that right up front and help. And, and the thesis of the book really is most interviews come down to just 15 questions. We call them the fateful 15. You just prepare those 15, you're going to become. The meanest question in the book, and I hadn't thought of this, but I have been mean enough to use it since. Go for it. Is where does your boss think you are right now? Okay. <laughs> and if someone's not taken the afternoon off work, that's, yeah. a, that's a bit of a, that can fire a... A bullet into so instead of actually not taking a holiday and therefore use the parameters of what's acceptable and not just winged it on a working from home afternoon. Well, quite. Yeah. yeah so, so that's a, that's an integrity sort of question. Okay. So, so, um, and the, there are lots of other you know interesting questions in there, but it's it's I think so important to be prepared for an interview. You know, an interview is a life changing conversation. You know, you're going to go and work somewhere mm. different as a result, or not, as the case may be. Yeah. It's a life-changing conversation. How often do you have a life-changing conversation? Other than this one right now. <laughs> but it is true. But you also but, got to think sometimes people have been in a job. Traditionally, some people were in a job for life for 30 years, and things have changed, and they could yeah. be in tune for the first time in 30 years, and it's not just... Yeah. Well, there are, lot, well I, I, there are lots of reviews of this book on yeah. Amazon, and I look at them every now and again, and the review that I like the most was just three three-letter words and five stars. 
And the three three letter words were got the job. Okay. <laughs> and that's why we did Brilliant. it. So that's what I like about it. So if you could give one piece of advice, and I know there's lots of advice in the book and you can't put everything into one, one piece of advice for somebody who is applying to a job today, what would you say to them? Well, really think about why you want the job. You know, is it right for you? I mean, a, a, an interview is a conversation between two people. Yeah. And it's important that the job is right for you. I mean, that you're applying for something you're going to want to commit your life and energy to for a sizable period of time. Yeah. So, so I think it's really thinking before you go to any interviews or do anything in terms of applying for a job is thinking about what's the right thing for me and where will my skills and energies be best deployed. I think that's so important. And is it fair to say, and sometimes I've said this a few times on a few different social um social networks and had a bit of a backlash from some recruiters but I always think the first conversation to have is do I actually really want to leave my current business um, let's not waste the recruitment process's time either the people hiring or the people supporting like a recruiter do I actually want to leave this job is there really something fundamentally wrong with this job um, or is it a case of it's blue Monday and it's a bit wet and it's a bit cold and I had a great Christmas and I'm a bit bored um, it's yeah I think well, that's all tied up in, mm. is it right for me to, yeah. to make this decision and I, I think that's good advice I mean, if you, especially if you're in a paid. I mean, if you're in a paid job, and you're, you're feeling okay. Well, the irony is, I think a lot of people, and this is where James and I both agree here. Recruitment is a lot more than just putting people into jobs. It's changing lives. It's improving their lives through their work. There's so many facets in what we do, and our focus isn't let's just get you a job. Therefore, you should leave your role. And I think people think recruiters' mindset is everyone wants to leave their job because they can make money. The reality is recruiters think very differently. We actually want the right person to get the right job and for the right reasons. Um, what's your thoughts on the perception of the recruitment industry and maybe how that can be changed as time so, moves so on? Just for a moment, on the changing jobs thing, I think for a lot of people for a long time, it's been difficult to get a pay rise. Yeah. You know, real wages have been flat and, 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 and it's you know, financially tough for people. If you can get a job that gives you a good increase in your earnings... You know, that is a way of securing yourself a pay rise. Yeah. And, and I say to you know, our clients, you know, if you want to get good people, you've got to pay good wages. You know, you've got to pay a good premium to entice good people to move of course, jobs. Yeah. So if there's a you know, motive that is life-changing in a positive way, yeah. might be financial as well as other. Absolutely, yeah. Then that's a, a fair enough, I think. And, and you know... But you were asking about why, what people... Yeah, the perception of recruitment, because recruiters want to help. We're not yeah. here for the wrong reason, and, and I really feel there's a lot that can be done with changing Well, you're worried that image. people don't like recruiters? Or well, they like me, which is lucky, but... <laughs> <That's> lucky. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> no. It's a professional service, and the professional service is adding value, and I don't think people understand the value we add, and how do you think we can either change I, I the think, sector? I think I, I love recruitment. I, I mean, I've worked in recruitment... Yeah all my career really and, and I think that the thing that I particularly love about it is seeing the difference that we can make mm. you know, to the individuals we work with who move on into new jobs and new careers and to the organisations we support and so I think recruitment is the, the fundamental business service because all businesses are based on people yeah. and you know, business leaders will tell you that the most important thing is to get the people side of it right and to have a good team and to make good mm. decisions and invest wisely but that all comes down to people Absolutely. So the recruiter is right at the forefront of, of business uh, and uh, performs a vital service, a vital business service. So 
Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Good, good. And I, I couldn't agree anymore. And if we look at that, we're saying recruitment, fundamentally, any business is built upon great people. And the competition to great people is getting tougher and tougher at the moment. So if I was a job seeker in the marketplace right now trying to stand out, what advice would you give not just to me, to anyone, to say this is how you can give yourself the best chance of standing out in what is sometimes a crowded market. Well, we put our best advice in these books. In the book, buy the books. <laughs> Go to Amazon. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, the first thing is you need to have a good CV. Yeah. And, and you know, and the CV should make it very clear to the to the hirer why you're the you know the best or a good candidate for this particular what's job. What's the best way someone can do it practically? If if we're sitting down now writing this, what's the best way we can illustrate that in the CV? Well, it depends very much on what stage you are in your career. You know, True. If you've just graduated, have you got quite a lot of experience? And, but we have on our website and in the book, there are templates for CVs that suit okay. people at different stages of their career that are very easy to do. So I just did one for one of my sons who's sort of student I suppose but he wanted some extra work and he hasn't done much but by the end of it it looked great you know? <laughs> so, you know, because you know it was a quick format but it, it, it highlighted his work experience but not jobs. everyone's got James Reed as their dad to help them <laughs> no, out that's there. true <laughs> that's true but it, we only use the advice in the book okay so and the template from the book so it is actually all there so yeah we have tried to put our best thinking into these books to help people uh, in a way, the hardest part is to get them to pick up the book. Correct. You know, my, my son included. Well, let's so, look at it you know, like that. that. Sort of, We're uh, asking people to take the CV seriously, to put a structure in it, whether it's through some template or reading yeah. some advice on how to do that. But let's just say you had 10 of the same CV with the same structure, the same ingredients that the book tells them. What would make one CV stand out over the other, other nine to really make you say, I want to interview that person? What's the one thing you look for? Well, they're for? never the same, are they? They're all different. Correct. And so they all come over as different. But I, I think I've, I think if, you, if the, the author of the CV is able to encapsulate concisely what they bring to the party mm. in terms of their skills and abilities, that's really important. I think that it's clearly presented and it's easy to read because... It's called the seven-second CV because people yeah. spend on average seven seconds and looking and at moved them. On. So you've got to get that yeah. your message across, and, and and then it's got to bring across some of your personality, your character, because I mean, in a way, you know, that's what's going to attract someone to invite you to interview. Okay. Because the interview is about finding out more about you as a person. And where would you, other than looking at the CV for tangible deliverables, achievements, and all the things in the roles itself. Are there parts of the CV you're looking at, like hobbies and interests, for example, where you're looking to uncover more about the person? Yeah, I always look at that section. Some people say they never look at it, but I'm always interested in that because I think it tells you quite a lot about mm. a person. And, and, and lots of people think, oh, I won't really worry about that yeah. section. But it's an opportunity to put something quite interesting in about it. You know, I, knew, I know, for instance, that you used to be a wrestler. I did, yeah. And that's, <laughs> and right, that's really, right in there in the yeah, hobbies and interests. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because that's yeah. a source of conversation that you could have um, with a candidate that if they didn't put it in, you wouldn't know. No. And, and, it, and it helps you learn more about them because an interview is a conversation and you're trying to learn as much about the person as you can because you're really trying to find out who they are. Absolutely. So. I think the reality is we work with people. We don't work with the CV. The CV will get you the interview. The person at the interview, we're going to hire, and that's who we work, so show us your personality. Yeah, I, I call the interview a life-changing conversation, but the CV is a life-changing document. Yeah. Its sole function is to get you in front of people, so get you the interview. But if it gets you an interview with someone who, who might then offer you a fantastic job, that's a document you should put some effort into. 
could, would you recommend if it's got them that life-changing job that they frame it and be proud of it and preach that? <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, I hadn't either. I don't know where that come from. <laughs> yeah. but, but, you should, but, but the other thing is it should keep evolving, shouldn't of it? So once you get your new job, you, 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 yeah, there's no harm thinking about doing things that will improve your CV. Yeah. I think sometimes we're in a market where sometimes people are moving into roles to gain new skills for not necessarily to get the perfect job now, but maybe get the perfect job in three or four jobs time because sometimes you need to be, build skills before you get there. And not every job is a job for life. I no, I have a saying, and I, it's a job, a better job, a career. Yeah. So you, you, know, you work your way up towards where you want to, want to go. And, and I think a lot of people who are coming into, into the job market for the first time, I think it is that reality. You're building your way. You're on the pathway to move there. You're not going to get that job at Facebook that you all want tomorrow morning. It might take you a while to get there, and you might find something better in the meanwhile. No, that's right. Well, my next book, Ricky, which isn't out yet, but it's coming out in January, yeah. is, is called Life's Work, 12 Proven Ways to Fast Track Your Career. And thinking like that you know, in terms of your goals and objectives is one of the, one of the ways Good. that you can do that. Well, you can quote me on that one. <laughs> it's already joking. written. It's with the publisher. It's already in there. Okay. <laughs> but, in other words, but, no. <laughs> I think you're, you're, no, you're no. on to something is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, well yeah. we're going to wrap up now, and we're going to do some quick-fire questions Fine. in a moment. But if I was to ask you if there's any final bits of advice or words you wanted to share to any of our listeners, what, what that could be to help them find the right job? So, so your listeners are primarily job seekers or recruiters? Or it's going to be a mixture of anybody that's thinking of employability. Right. Well, I think when you're thinking about a job, it's really important to think about yourself. Mm. Um, one of my proven ways of fast-tracking a career is be selfish. Be sustainably selfish. So, you know, so you're finding something you yeah. enjoy that you will feel energised and want to get up in the morning to do. So that's why we talk about Love Mondays. Of course. You know, I want to be here because I'm making a contribution. I'm fulfilled at work and I'm engaged. So that's really important. And, and, and then make a plan. You know, you know, really make sure that you know where you want to apply, what sort of things you want to look for, and, and use the resources at your disposal. It might be these books or it might be things online to really make sure you have a really good CV and that you're really well prepared when you go for the interview. Thank it's you. It's so easy to find out about people these days. You, know, you can find out about the companies you're applying yeah. for. You can find out about the people you're going to be meeting. Be well prepared. There was a really interesting comment in your Why You book. And I, I really, it was early on in the book, it was looking at dress code. And um, it was giving people advice what to wear to the interview, which is what, always wear one level above what you think people will be wearing so you're always informed. But if you think about what to wear day to day, there's a really interesting comment that you said that if you really can't get the answers from the internet and from people, mm -hmm. Why didn't you spend the lunchtime walking around that building or, or walk past the building or something and just see what the people are wearing coming in and out? If you're thinking about doing preparation, that is a great example of prepare and actually go above and beyond to figure out the answers. Yeah, it's, it's a minefield these mm. days, you know, how formal is an organisation. I mean, they're, they're all sort of different types of dress codes. So, you know, it's, it's a good idea to go and check it out. If yeah. You can just have a look. That's the um, first time I'd so. ever heard someone give that practical advice, which is just yeah. walk to the building and have a look. Ultimately, is the advice in a in a more articulate way is how the book explains. Yeah, well, generally, it. if you want to find out what's going on, go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good advice in business. Well, well, that will be the last bit of advice. If you want to go for it, go for it. And the last question I'll ask you: I know everyone at Reading Yourself love Mondays, but do you love Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays as well? I love every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks very much, James. Really appreciate your Thank time. You. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you.